Hey everyone, this is EJ Lawless, host of HR Tech Go to Market. In this episode, we actually dive deep into a new way of working with Ricky Yin, co-founder of Flow Club. Flow Club brings together people from different areas for them to work at the same time on basically a shared hangout. It sounds crazy. I tried it for myself. It was actually fantastic. Honestly, sort of if you need to get work done and if you are working from home, Flow Club allows you to connect with other people who are motivated and want to get work done too. Also, I have to say, as an elder millennial, working with some people who are cross-generational in Gen Z, the amount of positive energy and affirmation that they bring into work is just really unparalleled and unique for me. And so it was a great experience. In this episode with Ricky, we talk about how Flow Club came together how he thought about the process of coming up with this idea and validating it. It's early in the product lifecycle, earlier in some of the other companies I talked to. It has users, it's growing quickly, but it's basically a viral product. And so we talk about that as well. It's really unique to see a product at this stage come together with what I think is a very different type of experience. So I'm excited to have this episode with Ricky. And as a special bonus, if you look in the podcast notes and you look in the YouTube video notes, you'll also see that sign up and get an invite into Flow Club. I highly recommend you try it out, especially if you're someone who cares a lot about productivity, getting work done, and meeting smart, new, capable, super nice people as well. Thanks and hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, everyone. This is EJ Laws from HR Tech Go to Market here today with Ricky Yeen from Flow Club. Excited to have you, Ricky. Flow Club is just blowing up my network. People are talking about it all the time, but would love to hear from you. What is Flow Club? Hey, EJ. Thanks for having me. Flow Club is the peloton of co-working. It's designed for modern day workers to approach work with a little bit more intention, a little bit more focus, uh, a little bit more control so that you can feel more fulfilled at work. Especially as work becomes more complex, remote, flexible, we're all learning how to work with this new environment and Flow Club is designed for as a solution for that. And uh, the way we do it is through time-boxed co-working sessions. Uh, you can join anywhere from your computer. So the way it works is a host will take everyone through the first segment of sharing what your intentions are for the session. And then we'll play some music. And for the next 50 minutes, you can just go and uh, mute yourself and uh, tackle the task that you have at hand. And at the end, you come back and share your progress, everybody. And that's it. Rinse and repeat. Got it. So it provides accountability for people because they say up front what they're going to do. And then they sort of report on the progress. And it helps reduce isolation. People feel more connected. Is that is that right? Yeah, that's really the key. Like, I think everyone looks at this product and they think, okay, it's a mechanism, kind of like a workout class that forces you to bring some more intention and intensity to your work. But as they go and experience it, they realize, oh, okay, like it's not just about the work. It's about how it makes me feel when I work alone. I might be procrastinating. I might feel a little bit not motivated today for whatever task I have to tackle. And some of that comes from I've been working alone or 
you know, I don't have the energy of my coworkers, even though we're talking all the time, probably on um, meetings and on Slack and whatever, but it doesn't feel the same when you're on your own. And so coming together in a small group, so each session has up to nine people and having a host who's there to welcome you and motivate you and encourage you to bring your best to that hour kind of brings the human side of things that to the table. Okay. So how did you come up with this? I mean, I, I think you're hitting a lot of key points that are making work challenging in the environment today, that, that isolation, accountability. But how did, how did you come up with this? This feels like a very unique product and experience. Yeah, and, and, and I don't think it would have happened without COVID, obviously. We, I actually started all this uh, with my uh, co-founder, this Arthur startup together and we've been working together for more than the decade and this third time around we wanted to build something that was a little bit more fun so we wanted to build something consumery we wanted to build something for ourselves and our biggest problem when we got started back in the beginning of 2020 was we felt more and more disconnected from our friends and that's just a fact of life as you get older and your friends get busier, you get busier, you start families, you move to the burbs. It just becomes a lot harder to get together. Spontaneous dinners don't happen, you know, you know, spontaneous drinks don't happen anymore. So we just wanted to find a way to connect with our friends more. And so it all started with us coming together to explore various kind of social products for a busy set of folks. And we went on and built 10 other things. That didn't really find any traction, all having to do with ways of bringing people together. And just right when we were about to give up, we decided to try Flow Club and was born from during this whole time when we were iterating, we, uh, it, it was pandemic set in and we, to keep each other accountable, we would just co-work on Zoom. But then when we were co-working on Zoom, just like we would at cafes, we usually end up talking a little bit too much. And so we started to put timers up to tell each other, hey, mm. just put your head down and execute because in, especially early stage startup, you know, talking doesn't really get you anywhere. You just have to execute and get some data from the world. So we used the timer as a reminder to execute for a set period of time. And we do it on our own. Like we're, we're kind of productivity freaks. So we, we use various techniques to keep ourselves on. So we did that as a group and we thought, hey, why don't we try this? But with some of our friends. And, and unlike everything else we built during that time, when we put Flow Club out there, all of our friends flocked to it. And the reason is because the value proposition is, was not about being together with friends. The value proposition was, this will make you more productive. And that's, the, that's kind of like the, 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 the change that kind of may led to everything is we changed our value proposition from something vaguely social to something very specific, like we will help you become more productive. It's, so that, that's interesting. You know, one, this feels like the first Zoom native, remote native sort of future of work product I've really heard about. I've seen these virtual offsite experiences where it's the offsite, like the real world or the the tangible world brought into Zoom. And I don't know that those are, are doing as great, but this obviously is doing well. When you started going out to friends, like how did you 
craft that first set of message like, hey, come hang out with me on Zoom? Uh, no. Like, it, okay. it, we we did it in the we, we did it very kind of we we knew that first of all working together over Zoom is like a nice idea. A lot of people have done it. A lot of people have thought about it, but it's not like it's not as repeat, and it doesn't and it's not cool. Like it's not like a it's not like necessary. It's not like a going to a workout class. Like a workout class, you have all these cool instructors that look really good, and there's really good branding, and you know you have. You know, you know, you suck at working out, but you, most people are probably pretty good at working, right? So, so we, when we went out in the beginning, we did a few things. One, we the way I set it up is, hey, not co-work with me. Hey, hey, I just published a schedule. Here are all the times when I'll be hosting a co-working session. So we made it like an event, like a class. Mm-hmm. So this is very inspired by workout classes and how they do it or yoga studios and how they do it. And the other thing that we did was we limited the number of to a small group and we play with the number, you know, we play with six, seven, eight, we eventually settle on nine. And that's also something that we learned from small boutique fitness studios because, you know, oftentimes people talk about snatching the seat at soul cycle you know or that like, yeah. right so scarcity so we knew from the get go that we co-working online co-working is is a very is a thing that everyone has done but to create a whole product around it we needed to create desire mm-hmm. and we did it that way that's interesting okay so you had that sort of experience i think you have a, a marketing background to some extent right it, yeah yeah, but I think we were also just like studying because we were so obsessed with how do we bring friends together. We would bring, we would build all these different tools and then we would go and pitch it to our friends and they wouldn't resonate. But then I would ask them, hey, what are you resonant with? They would tell us, oh, I love going to my workout class. Or I might see them pay several thousand dollars to join some elite professional community mm-hmm. uh, or or program. I mean, I, I have a friend that paid $2,000 to learn French on the online cohort class, right? And it's not about the French, obviously. It's about the people who are in this class, the seven mm-hmm. people, they're all so committed, right? And you feel like you want to be part of that club of some sort. Yeah. And so we started noticing this is how our kind of like, my friends, I guess, tend to be... A, on the ambitious side or, you know, and so that's kind of like the things that they resonate with. Interesting. So right now it's mostly targeted for individuals. So you sort of gone from your friends and maybe friends of friends and friends of friends. Is that how the process works now? Where it's like almost Facebook back in the day where it's invite some people and then you could let them in after like more people expand. Is that how it's working right now? Yeah, it's, it's completely word of mouth. The, Beginning, it was friends bringing their friends and then their friends seeing that, oh, who is this Ricky guy who's just hosting these sessions? And, you know, what he does seems pretty simple. Just go around and ask people what they're going to work on for the hour. And so I, we start seeing people volunteer to be hosts. And so now we have over 125 hosts in our community and hosts bring their friends to come join their sessions. So it's, it's just kind of this uh, virtual cycle that keeps spreading. People come in, they enjoy the experience, they bring their friends, maybe they become hosts, and then they bring more friends because now they they have seats they want to fill. And and it it 
Yeah. So, so it has sort of the viral mechanics, I guess, of like a notion or other work tool where people are using it. They invite people to use it. And those people are like, oh, I want to use that too. Yeah. And I think it's kind of like notion in, in, in the sense that like most people, when you look at something like notion, you, you're not completely sure if it's for you because it's so flexible, you can do all kinds of things with it, which means that like, what is the use case for me? I'm not really sure. But the friends that have learned it and figured Mm -hmm. out how it fits into their lives, they like swear by it. So similar with Flow Club in that like our focus, we call them flow sessions. They could be 60 minutes, 90 minutes, 120 minutes, whatever. What you do in these sessions, it's like you could do whatever you want. You could take a break and meditate, or you could do emails, or you can go into some like intense coding sprint if you want. And we don't really prescribe what you do. And so when people look at us, they're also not really sure like, oh, like what kind of work should I bring or when should I use it? And so usually what happens is the friends who figured it out are the ones that are being the evangelist. Like, trust me, it really works. It may not be obvious right away, but just give it a try. And then you realize the use case sort of like after you're mm-hmm. forced to experience it. Yeah. So at least right now, and obviously that could be made easier. Yeah. It, it's interesting. Like I think about this and it's what I'm imagining because I, I know the Hustle Fund uh, venture partners or the, like general partners use Flow Club a lot and I see them talk about it and they're very excited about it. And on the outside, I'm like, what are you all talking about? You're just getting together on a Zoom. And, and like, there's not the same artifact that you might have with Notion where I can go look at it and understand it. That that mental tangibility hurdle is much higher. But I yeah. guess it also gives it more mystique in a way, too. It's like, yeah. what are these people doing? And, and, and it's really varied. Like, I think Xi'an and from Hustle Fund, Kara from Hustle Fund, Janelle from Hustle Fund, they all actually host sessions at Elizabeth doesn't host they all use it very differently and so like Kara the way Kara works she has a set schedule and she kind of knows which hours she can work and which hours she would like to maximize whereas mm-hmm. Shion for example she uses it like once a week to write a uh, fun letter like fun update because it's like a regular task that like if you don't schedule and like you might just, and it might not be the funnest task to have to like write a newsletter every week. And so it's very different how people use it. And even if you hear about it, you may not necessarily resonate with either one of those. You just kind of have to figure it out yourself. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to try, see if I can try it tomorrow. I need to edit some podcasts that I've been delaying doing. So yeah, set it up, do it, try it out. And then I could also record a little update on my experience. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, that would be awesome. What are you seeing about how people work? So you just mentioned different styles of using Flow Club. Are you learning any more about how people are actually working and getting work done in this remote world? Do you start to have insights in that from just watching people use it? Yeah. I mean, I think like most, a lot of productivity solutions, I think what you learn first and foremost is how different everyone approach, how different everyone is when it comes to their workflows. But I think... One thing that's interesting is, and this is also like a feature of Flow Club, is that like you come into a session and you have up to eight other people around you, and some of them may be high profile CEO, investor, other people may be a, a small business owner or something like that. 
coming from different walks of life, and everyone has to do emails. And there's just certain things like everyone procrastinates on certain things that may be a little bit more emotionally harder to get over. And so, what we see is even though there's a lot of variability, infinite variability in terms of workflow, there's a lot of kind of shared struggles that everyone has to go through, regardless of your position. And then I think the other thing that we see is the people who end up resonating with FlowCup the most sort of understand why this value prop is so valuable. And the thing is, it's not really about focus. What we're solving for when it comes to productivity is not focus or discipline or willpower or good habits. What we're solving for is emotional to work. And that emotional friction can come from, like we were saying before, loneliness or just a little bit feeling down for whatever Mm -hmm. reason. It doesn't even have to do with work. It could just be you woke up feeling kind of bad. So this helps with burnout to some extent. Have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah, it does. And, And the burnout, some of it is like, giving people the permission to invest time into their hobbies so that they feel like they they have a balance and their, their life is not just about the work. Sometimes it's about people feeling overwhelmed and coming in, focusing for an hour helps them regain the control and agency. Yeah. That helps them feel less overwhelmed about everything that's going on. So again, like we're saying, like the pandemic made it so that we feel like there's so much going on all the time that's overwhelming. And so the need has always existed, but I think just brought it all to the foreground. That's why everyone was burning out during the pandemic. That's why everyone's quitting their jobs during the pandemic. It's because of this added emotional layer of burden and stress that kind of of brought out what was Mm -hmm. not satisfying in the first place. That makes sense. I want to go and think about the B2B context. But before I do that, where are you on celebrity hosts? Are you going to have well-known experts as potential hosts? How have you all thought about that as a a plausible option? We we think all of our hosts are awesome. But we have, we, we, there's a few hosts that have a following, but something that we want to explore is potentially have guest sessions with celebrities or even partnering with them some other way. We have a new feature called a lounge that is not a small group setup. It's um, you can, there's a thousand people could be in a room at the same time. And that could potentially be a playground for us to work with some celebrities and influencers on very early experimental product, but yeah. Interesting. All right. So on the B2B side, you know, we've talked a lot about how this has gone from friends and friends of friends how are you thinking about the B2B use case? I think there's clear applications. And so I'm curious what how you're... We're still learning. The What we've seen is we have like Hustle Fund, for example, is very bottom-up adoption in terms mm-hmm. of a, a a worker comes, loves falls in love with Flow Club, gets the boss to pay for it, and then spreads it around in the office as a way for people to bump into each other. Like, hey, come in here and maybe we can bump into each other in our sessions and you know, that would be kind of fun working together. And so we've learned that there is pretty natural use cases in the B2B world already. I think the one the the thing that I think we will start developing more is 
the case of this being like a employee worker first solution that mm-hmm. this is not something that employers that like we like our I think our pitch will be that for employers you should buy this kind of like a wellness solution for your employees like if your employees like calm and like meditation or even the gym like the work, employer is not going to tell them the the worker which gym they should go to <laughs> right but they want to support the worker in maximizing their wellness through whatever means that the workers choose and we think very similarly about this type of like productivity solution is non it, it only works if it works for the individual worker and i think as we begin to approach b2b sales or whatever we are going to be adopting that perspective got it so so very user focused i mean i think you have that clear mindset clear thought on how do we make this valuable for individuals and also being aware that what you're solving is not necessarily like time blocking although that's part of it but also that emotional friction that you talked about yeah yeah and like in terms of you know where does it you know we've thought about like is this is this a wellness solution? Is this productivity software? You know, and and you know that might matter when it comes to the purchasing decision. But we 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 believe the the benefits in both. Where are you on monetization? Like, I would think this is a great prosumer monthly subscription product, but I'm curious how you all are thinking about that. Yeah, it is. It is a great prosumer consumer subscription product. That's where it is right now. And we have seen demand from employers to pay more because it's something that like, especially if the employer already, already is sold on the benefit because they're a user themselves, then there's a whole thing about like, how do we activate the rest of my company on this? And they'll be willing to pay us more for it. So that's, that's one thing. How are you thinking about like this, like you're creating this category effectively, right? Like the people working together. I don't know that there are a lot of other options. I know we've talked and there's a couple of competitors, but you know, you're also having these recordings or you not, sorry, there are sessions of people getting together talking. I'm assuming you're not recording them now, but how are you talking about creating content for this to help build awareness? Is that something that in the future you've thought about? Yeah. Kind of. Back to your previous point about like how how do we make it create some artifacts after these sessions to facilitate various you know various purposes? Yeah, I think one thing is as people come and use the product, they are accumulating a bunch of user data in terms of who they work with, who their hosts were, how many sessions they went to, how many hours of focused, what tasks they accomplished. And going forward, we could potentially even help them figure out which applications they were using and how well and effective they spend that time. And so there's like a whole angle of kind of just personal productivity stats that mm-hmm. could be an artifact. But what's more interesting that we've seen is people end up building relationship with each other and really developing like a, an understanding of who the other people are, their coworkers in Flow Club. And so there's also artifact in terms of the relationships that you've built. And then lastly, in terms of things that you've accomplished, one one of the norms in Flow Club that we've established is, you know, you come and we celebrate 
we celebrate small wins, we celebrate failure, we celebrate you just showing up. And so mm-hmm. this idea of like coming to Flow Club and then doing like accomplishing something and feeling getting celebrated, that's potentially another source of artifacts that we can we can we can create. Are you seeing any difference in usage and adoption across countries or cultural patterns? I know you have a very global audience now. But I'm curious how they, this does this get adopted in in the same way in the U.S., in Singapore, India, or are there any differences there? Yeah, I think we're over 30 countries now in our membership. The difference, one difference is our Flow Club is has a lot of kind of Silicon Valley entrepreneurs and founders and investors. It's, it's got people from all, all walks of life, but I think it it, it does lean a little bit towards like entrepreneurship um, and tech and being able to work next to these people is a premium for people who are less who are in places where they might be the only entrepreneur in their small town you know in in, in Perth Australia or something like that so like this we see that like we have her feedback about how awesome motivating the the community is just because it's not easily accessible from other parts of the world that's interesting right now everyone signs up for their session right there's nine seats available everyone picks that they sign up do you think about a matching process down the road or does that exist already it doesn't exist right now it kind of exists in the sense that like if you always go to the session at 7 a.m with you know, Irene or something like that, like the host, the, and you make that a habit, then you might develop familiarity with other people who go at the same time and, and develop a relationship with them. But we definitely see that as a benefit. Sometimes you just want to work. Like it's way more motivating if, you know, other people are also there editing podcasts. Like we have a few podcasters and, you know, oftentimes they are editing (laughs) their podcasts and, you know, at whether it's kind of like, you know, in the positive direction where it's like, oh, I, I'm curious. I wonder what podcasts they're doing. I wonder if we can trade some tips. I wonder if we can network a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. maybe if they want and so meet someone new or like just, hey, I'm also freaking editing <laughs> this podcast and kind of misery loves company and I just want to knock it out and go enjoy my day. Right. So like we definitely want to create opportunities for that. Sometimes you like most of the time people like the variety that we have now. Cause mm-hmm. people are kind of also like, you know, they yeah, like the novelty good. of like, oh, uh, you know, someone is making a, a YouTube video. Like that I, I don't know anyone in my circle that does that. So it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking about as your next set of objectives? Like, what are you focused on for the next quarter, two quarters, however, like what your normal time horizon is? Yeah, I think it's all about, like you said, this is this is a kind of like category creating. It's definitely addressing I th- what I believe like one of the biggest problems in the future as work becomes more flexible and as we all are tasked with doing more and we all think that we could do more, we need better environments that support us in, 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 in our work. But exactly how, like currently people don't, the, the solutions are so limited. I go to the office, maybe I go to the coffee shop, you know, I, I hire these different tools. I have, I read these books about productivity and then like I try to practice. It just kind of, it's pretty limited. I join these professional groups. And so it's about 
the focus is about how can we make it easier and easier and easier for people to experience parts of Flow Club to just kind of bring bring this alternative to their life. So you're like and, reducing the friction, the number of steps or length of time or something like yeah. that just to get started. Yeah, or just different ways to even like kind of broach the conversation, right? Like I think one of the one of the biggest things that we have going is we have huge big fans and that they talk about us all the time, right? But we want to help them kind of share that experience more. So things are closer to kind of your questions earlier about like how do we create these artifacts? Like you don't have to try it. Like you don't have to try try it to kind of get a sense. Maybe you can read a piece of content or see a piece of share on social media and kind of get a sense of like, oh, like that's an interesting arrangement. It kind of creates some intrigue around that. So how do you think return to office will affect usage? Do you think people are like, hey, I want to keep my flow club? Like what are your thoughts on return to office in certain areas? We we have already seen the the effect. What happens is some people bring us to the office, they bring us to the WeWork or to the office just because the physical environment is not enough to kind of create that level of intensity that they're looking for. The other thing that we've seen is we see usage happen, you know, on the days they're at home and then at, at work, they're just doing way more meetings and they actually don't even have time to sit down and crank out anything. So we've seen that. And then I think for us to keep up and get better, I think we need to get really good at the days when people are working from home and that when their schedules are more open. And we need to get better at serving people at nights and weekends when they're working on their passion projects, just because those are the things that kind of help people kind of stay. Say that again? You have like your workday flow club and then you have your side hustle. Yeah. Yeah. Or just like, or any, any kind of anything that makes you feel fulfilled, makes you feel rounded, makes you feel balanced. Like we want to support that. And I think our, our users are already showing the way, like a lot of people, you know, one recent, like yesterday I was in a session and somebody, it was like a 2 PM session and somebody had just come from a meeting. And when it was her turn to share what she's working on, she said, I'm going to take a 10 minute break because I, I just came off of a two hour meeting. Right. And then I'm going to dive into work, which is super awesome because you like you can't expect somebody to go from a two-hour meeting to just become productive right away, right? And so our users are constantly showing us the importance of building in breaks and like purposely, purposely scheduling passion projects or hobbies or break time. And then like keeping yourself honest that you are taking them mm-hmm. so, that, so that they can be better long-term. So that makes sense. You've mentioned productivity a decent amount and sort of productivity tools and hacks. What are some of your favorite productivity tools, books, processes that you've tried, liked, and really help you? Yeah. One one thing that I do, it's a little bit weird, is I use my notebook of choice. My digital notebook of choice is Bear. And in Bear, B-E-A-R. It's kind of like a simpler version of Evernote that's like way faster and like no like just simple. And I have a note in Bear that is my time audit for maybe the last five, six years. So every day, every 30-minute increment, I write down what I did. So I know exactly what I did between 
you know, like the hour before I hopped on this podcast. And at the end of the day, I look at every 30 minute increment and I think like, was it productive? Was it not productive? And if I can get 12 segments, like 12, 30 minute segments of productivity, then I'm pretty happy. And productivity to me, I I get to define it. So if I'm trying to, for example, cook more instead of ordering out, Mm -hmm. I can... You, I can count cooking time as a productive time spent, right? So, so it all I'm looking for, for you towards your goal, yeah, yeah. Sorry. So all I'm looking for is twelve pomodoros or twelve segments of thirty minutes that are productive, and uh, that gives me gives me a chance to see how how I feel that day. Nice. That, that's that's interesting. I haven't heard a bear before. What do you do or like, have you found a correlation between things that make you more productive in a day or less productive? Like it's a set of activities and how you slept. Is it something else? I mean, sleeping, exercising in the morning, um, not overeating, all these things matter. And I'm sure a lot of people would agree. I think the main thing that I am constantly, I mean, I still struggle, but knowing the most important thing or two that you want to get accomplished that day and then starting your day tackling it. And even if you just spent the first like segment, if it's like a big beastly thing, like even just starting your day and stare at it for 30 minutes or something like that and do something a little bit, like yeah. I think that 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 makes a huge difference cuz yeah, I mean it's all about expectations, right? Like did I work on the things that matter today? And if that matters to you and if you yeah, if you do it makes you feel good. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. I normally ask people what's a hypothesis they had in the beginning of starting their company that they either like no longer have. They're like, no, I was wrong about that. They're like, oh yeah, I was super right about that. It sounds like in your process, you had 10, 11 different company ideas, but I'm curious if there's anything in Flow Club that you've gotten more conviction on or changed your mind about what connects people or what makes Flow Club work. Yeah, that's a good question. I think the I think the conviction that I have gained after watching our users come through and some people are I just hit my thousandth session uh, and some people there are a few people right behind me and uh, that are very close and when I talk to them I think I have a lot of conviction that what is underserved in the market is this emotional side of productivity that I think is the source of the burnouts that we've been talking about, is the source of the great resignation and all the angst and anxiety around work, a lot of it. And and I think like you've seen the rise in wellness solutions in the workplace over the last few years of people kind of grasping for mental health solutions, meditation practices, that kind of stuff. All these are workers being faced with Probably like for the first time in history, like we have all the tools to basically make anything happen. So mm-hmm. like we can do anything. So we can be as ambitious as we want. And even if we're not that ambitious, like like all these tools and the, the ease of doing work like has been reduced so much that we we are way more ambitious than we've ever been. And that's a lot of stress and you, you have to do a lot. And so I think I'm convinced that the there needs to be a 
service company, whatever that kind of looks out for the emotional side of of productivity for for workers. And we hope we can lead the conversation there. I think it's being under discussed, or it's not it's not discussed in a way that feels solvable. I think that you know, I so I lead a team of performance marketers at Indeed.com, and we definitely discuss it. We have a set of things like we'll go through and be like, what are you, what would you like to improve? How would you like to improve things? And, you know, we get these tangible things and we try to solve these very tangible pieces. I think you're right, though. Like if we go through and solve everything and people can do anything they want and all the friction is gone, there might still be that sort of emotional piece, the emotional friction that needs to be addressed. And I think that is hard to pull out because people don't always have the ability to articulate it themselves. I think you have to be aware of it as a concept and then say like, okay, yeah, I'm feeling emotional friction or this is a process issue. And so I think that's an interesting insight. Thank you. Ricky, I've really enjoyed the time today. I think this is really interesting. You know, as we talk about Flow Club, I feel like I learn more about how people are changing and working and I'm excited to try it tomorrow and add to the episode. Yeah, uh, please, please do. And thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm.